By the People is a VOTP partnered podcast giving you discussions with real representatives about issues that matter to the people. Our first episode is going to be with Senate Majority Leader Epsilon, House Majority Leader Vibradarius, and myself. Uh, Senate Majority Leader, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here with you, and I'm happy to discuss uh, some important issues today. Uh, and then House Majority Leader Vibradarius, would you like to give uh, our listeners a brief intro? About- Hi. Um, I'm glad to be here again with uh, Senator Epsilon and... Uh, Speaker Rose, I'm House Majority Leader Vibradarius. I work closely with the caucus um, and I organize uh, legislation, introduce legislation, um, and I help lead as well in budget negotiations, working right now with Senator Epsilon and people like Senator Jeb and Speaker uh, Rose. So I'm glad to be here today and I hope to discuss some important policy issues. Thank you. So, and then I'm Rose Rose McAllister, current Speaker of the House and Vice Presidential Candidate for the Left Coalition, uh, as well as Party Chair and founding member of the Global Labor Party. Um, I guess we should just go ahead and get right into it. Eps, um, Senate Majority Leader. Yeah. So, so today we're going to be discussing healthcare issues because it's such an important um, topic, especially for for the people we all represent. Um, and so, really, my first question for you is, um, why is healthcare an important issue to you? Um, House Majority Leader, you want to answer that first, or should I go? I'm fine with either one. Um, so, I, I guess I I can take that question. I. I think that healthcare is something that is strongly related to human rights. I think that healthcare is often described by many, including myself, as something that is not, should not necessarily merely be defined by the market as just another commodity. Um, so, healthcare is important because it provides for the needs of people, provides for their health and well being. Um, and I think for that reason, healthcare is, it's hard to actually quantify how to value it, but I believe it's a, it's a, it's a entity that is very important for human well-being and society in general. And that's why we have to fight to ensure that it's accessible for everyone within society. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would agree with that entirely. I'd say, uh, just to add on to it a little bit, as someone with a chronic illness, I think healthcare specifically in regards to um, access to healthcare and making that equitable is why healthcare is important to me specifically. Um, I've experienced a lot of different treatment, uh, even just how my illness has progressed and the, and the way the diagnoses have changed can change wildly from uh, in pricing for diagnoses, I mean, can change wildly from doctor to doctor, and and I think that the transparency that's lacking in healthcare right now regarding those price changes and and the way the industry has kind of a, a hold on those, and the the hospital can set their own price. It's, it's kind of uh, an unknown topic. I think is really important. That's one of the reasons why healthcare is so important to me, and I agree with uh, with what House Majority Leader said. It's a uh, it's a human right. Everyone deserves access to medical care and to to live a healthy life. It, 
since we have those technologies and we have the, those capabilities, that has now become a human right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And just to put my own thoughts into it, I mean, I, I actually uh, share um, that kind of trait with you, uh, uh, Speaker Rose, um, and that I, I also have a, a chronic uh, illness. I have, I have type 1 diabetes, which will, which will be with me for the rest of my life. Um, and so that, that's an issue that I have to deal with. And I, I, I need, you know, I, I, re I require medicine to, to just make sure that I can, I can, uh, my body can function properly. Mm -hmm. And so, like, for me, it, healthcare is something I'm going to be dealing with, you know. Like, if you're a healthy person, I hope you don't have to deal with, um, you know, any, any healthcare issues very often. And I think for most people, you know, everybody's going to have to deal with it eventually. But for most people, it's, it should be uh, sparse, hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, but there are a lot of people out there, like, like you and me, who have to deal with this um, almost every single day, mm -hmm. oftentimes. Um, sometimes multiple times a day. Right. Um, and so it's kind of an unavoidable facet of my life. And so I really understand how important this is to, to people, uh, whether or not they have a chronic illness or not. Um, and, and all the, the complexities and the, and the nonsense that can happen with um, healthcare um, in that regards. But yeah, it's a very important issue. Um, really, it's, it, I agree with all of you. It, it's a human right, to be honest. Um, you can't really, you can't really have a, a decent life with dignity without it. Like if, if I couldn't afford my insulin, for example, um, I would not be living a life of dignity and no, and no one else who couldn't afford their insulin um, would be able to either. So, um, yeah. yeah. But uh, moving on, you guys actually took one of the questions I was going to ask you already, which is, is healthcare a human right? It seems we're, we're on agreement with yeah. that, um, yeah. which is, which is awesome. Um, but I would also, uh, I would also ask you like, in that case, if healthcare is a human right, then, then what is the, the the best role um of the government in healthcare then um how would you see the the ideal um way that the government gets involved with with healthcare um is it guaranteeing it for people is it just regulating it is it staying out of the way um how would you guys go about that um well i think firstly what we have to assume is that at some point everyone is going to get sick there's just no way around that, whether it be a chronic illness or just, you know, with the pandemic we just experienced, people mm -hmm. are going to get sick in ways we don't expect. The government should always have um, the the responsibility, the compassion, and, and the moral compass to want to provide, at, at the very minimum, the basics to live a, health, a healthy life. When we claim to be the, the richest country in the world it's it's kind of bizarre that 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 isn't just the standard and when we look at broken like systems within even just within our own um uh reforms we've with loader care and with uh the attempted reforms from house uh, majority leader viper darius with the public option we mm -hmm. we we still are seeing issues gaining ground with with actually having the government provide the, the basics of healthcare, mm -hmm. uh, the reforms we have currently are are lacking in providing the 
basics uh, that the government, sh- the bare minimum that the government should be be willing to provide. In uh, the United Kingdom, we see that we do provide socialized medicine at least at some level. It seems to be out of bounds mm-hmm. discussion. So, but House Majority Leader, um, sorry for taking up that that no. chunk of time there. Uh, not at all. Uh, I, I actually I agree with uh, you, Speaker Rose, on on the topic of healthcare. I think the question on healthcare is actually a complicated one. There are various solutions that are talked about. There are some who believe in private insurance or in entirely privatized healthcare system to get rid of any and all regulations from the government to increase competition and lower prices, um, increase affordability um, and access. That's one quote unquote solution that, pe- that people have cited. That's probably a solution that libertarian Republicans would try and cite. There's another quote-unquote solution of a mixed market where you have a multiplayer system where you have a partnership between public and private systems. Um, and you could also have a system where the government plays a larger role in ensuring that every every citizen has access to healthcare to a degree by providing a public option of some sort or having a mandated uh, government-owned uh, system to provide healthcare to everyone. Um, my opinion on healthcare is that at the very least, we should have a gov- government program to give to those who don't have access uh, to healthcare, which is why I think a public option is the least we can do uh, to provide for those who cannot afford healthcare as a form of human right, as a public good for everyone to have access to. Um, I think that the idea that healthcare should be sold in the market as and exploited by uh, those who wish to gain profits from that system, it to me diminishes the role of healthcare in our society. Healthcare is not, in my opinion, a a a, a entity that should be only looked at from the perspective of profit margins. I think healthcare being something as valuable as a human right should be something that the entire society tackles. And that's why it, the public has to work together to ensure a solution that benefits everyone. And that's why I think the government has to play a larger role in ensuring that we have a good healthcare system. Yeah. If, um, I, if I could and just... To further that, oh, yeah, go yeah. ahead. To further that point, we've had recent reforms with Lotter Care. We've had reforms in the states, at the state level in the north, in Jefferson, and um, as well as in Dixie. But the, the issue is, again, we have we don't have a lot of evidence as to how well those systems are working, especially during the pandemic. We need to understand how efficient these systems are, how they work along with uh, the current stat- the current structures of our healthcare policy. Um, and especially in the midst and the context of the pandemic, I think it's an issue that we don't have access to any understanding of how um, effective these programs are. And so that yeah. that itself is making it hard for us to make good healthcare policy. I think, uh, just real quick to jump in, sorry, uh, Senator, Senator Epsilon. Bef- like, if we just look even at the um, recent pandemic, we can we can make this small scale and show that the market, the idea that the private market will step in and save us is 
a folly of grandeur, basically, assuming that the market cares more about the the customer um, than it does its profit margins. And the what we've seen with the pandemic, the 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 aid didn't come from the states. There was some aid within the states that was given out, but the majority of the aid for the coronavirus pandemic has come from the federal government currently. Mm-hmm. And that's the legislative connections are lacking, uh, we see right now within the states, and they're not acting in the best interest of the citizens, and the federal government has been stepping in, um, or they are acting in the best interest of their citizens, but just not necessarily completing the cycle of uh, yeah. of the free market can care for itself kind of idea. They're, they're not feeding into the free market. And lo- what I'm saying is we can, we can scale this down and see that the idea how the private market with healthcare will take over and save us and the, the federal government doesn't need to regulate it, it it's already proven to fail so yeah i mean uh i definitely see that point um i think especially when we're talking about um for example the states i think one issue that a lot of us um have is the fact that um like the, all the different state reforms that we've seen, whether it's the the JHS or Dixie Care, they're all very disparate and very different from one another, and it's all very fragmented. And they're basically we have multiple different forms of healthcare, and we have multiple different layers of healthcare, and it's very confusing mm-hmm. and complicated, um, overly complicated probably. Whereas you know we don't know whether or not you know if in in one state a certain treatment is covered is it covered in the other state um that that's an issue that we have and so i would say that a big issue right now when it comes to healthcare is the fact that our healthcare system is just so fragmented and we really it would be better for everybody if we knew like okay i have this condition you know well well you know is this covered here you know is is dental covered here is mm-hmm. is um is uh eye care covered covered here in the state um you know and so i think it's important for us to have a um a a standard um a, a national standard that way people can have that that sense of security knowing that you know no matter what state i'm in you know i will be covered or, you know, I, I will be taken care of well. And right now we don't have that. You know, the, there's there's still a lot of uh, fragmentation and, and, and uncertainty when it comes to the, the state healthcare systems, um, for sure. Yeah, I would agree. The, just the, again, the lack of uh, interstate connection and, and, and mm. yeah, it, we are missing a big again, if the states can't take care of this or if they aren't taking care of this, then the federal government has to step in. And that's... Uh, it, it, it's more efficient, fragment- to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree. And we're just seeing a lot of fragmented policy, like you're saying. And the the confusion will end up leading to gaps in coverage. It will end up leading to um, market manipulation a- of pricing. And it just... <clears throat> these are proven and, and demonstrable likelihoods so absolutely and just on that topic then i mean i think uh house majority leader uh darius mentioned it but um what is your opinion on whether or not for profit healthcare should um should 
be a thing? Should healthcare ever be for profit, basically? Because I think, you know, uh, House Majority Leader Darius, um, he mentioned the fact that, you know, for profit healthcare, that doesn't sound like a good idea to them, really. Um, like just the concept of it. And you mentioned the fact that, you know, when it comes to healthcare uh, companies, you know, they're looking at people as con- as customers. But uh, in my mind, yeah. there are no customers. There are patients. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, like, the goal of healthcare should not be to make a profit. It should be to heal the sick. Mm-hmm. And so, in my mind, for profit healthcare is incredibly problematic um, in and of itself. So, right. really, the the question is, should this be allowed? And if so, where? In my mind, we should we should have a a Medicare for all system. Um, a single payer system, um, similar to maybe the NHS, etc., um, in the UK, for example, that you mentioned before. Um, but you know, as long as we have at least a, a public option, like like uh, House Majority Leader Darius said, you know, yeah. uh, a viable public option um, with with clear um, regulatory standards and. And it's a clear framework because, like, yeah. nobody knows what loader care is. Right. Nobody knows what loader care is. Um, if we and to be honest, I would bet care. you, if I asked somebody, you know, what is, what is Dixie Care in mm-hmm. Dixie, you know, and that's one of the more comprehensive systems, I don't think they would be able to tell you what most of what Dixie Care does, to be right. honest. Um, and so having a clear standard framework w- would help immensely. Right. Um, so, uh, what do what do you guys think about that, though? I just, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, go ahead, House Majority Leader Redford. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I think to just add on to your point about Medicare for all, I, I wholly support the idea, um, and I, I I I definitely think that the idea of having a quote unquote free market system for healthcare, or having for profit systems within that market is detrimental because it's a it's an issue from a philosophical standpoint because it implies that that healthcare should be determined whether or not how much whether or not you have money right if you have access to a certain amount of money you should have healthcare compared to um if you don't have access Absolutely. to yeah if you don't have access to money then you might not have have healthcare and that kind of a a philosophical perspective i think it's flawed I also think that the nature of healthcare itself allows for a lot of exploitation because of how inelastic it is, right? If you don't regulate it effectively, um, because of how inelastic the commodity is itself, it makes it very easy for people to raise prices up and still exploit consumers in that manner. I mean, I need insulin no matter what. Right. Um, You know, like I can't just go, oh, I'm just not going to buy insulin. Well, I could, but that would be extremely detrimental to my health. Um, and, and I would, my body would suffer for that. And, and eventually, uh, that, that would, that would, that would just go too far. Um, but, but, you know, I, I, realistically, you just can't not have these certain, um, yeah. these certain healthcare products, um, or, or medicines. The, the, um, the very basics of equitable care is, breaks down to, does it suit or, or apply to all demographics, and I and I mean those that have um, that need mental illness care, those that have chronic need chronic illness care, um, medical care for 
for um, LGBT and uh, you know gender neutral or or, or gender nonconforming patients like equitable mm-hmm. care whether you're poor whether you, whatever race or ethnicity you might be that that's what the government should be at the very minimum ensuring that we have access to is that level of equitable care and I, I think that with what we're seeing like you've brought up before with the incongruencies between Dixie care and um, and loader care and JHS and NHS it's it's, it's a mess of a system right now it, to be honest it, yeah, it really and, needs to be reformed and if the federal framework is also flawed then there are absolutely mm-hmm. uh, um, likelihoods of the current system leading to lower qualities of health, lower qualities of life, and 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 subsequently death. If if this system, yeah. if if these systems ha- truly do have the the gaps in coverage we expect them to have, and we and we mm. very serious issue needs to be addressed. And questioning, you know, I, we did see Bocare come to debate in the Senate um, last session. That was and, very flawed. And it was a I... very flawed <laughs> bill, especially in regards to. Sp- to payment, uh, payment part, uh, uh, pay, blah, excuse me, payment provisions. Co-payments. Yes, yeah, the co-payments, co-payments and, and the initial payment Oh, uh, there was a lot. It, once you pay uh, beyond your your de- uh, deductible, and it's just, it was. Oh a very yeah, deductible is horrible, correct. horrible system. Right. Yeah. And, and so we continue to see uh, flawed reforms coming forward, and and unfortunately, we have not yet got gotten to to see the um house majority leader darius's public option come to debate uh in the senate mm. i did have we have brought it forward in the house uh um uh, we did last session last session, session. right yes right. Mm. so we it's just i i expect the president would veto it anyways but very yeah. likely he seems um headstrong on his current policies with the in with regards to healthcare and privatize continuing to privatize the system, but mm. um, I just don't think it's functional. I, I yeah, don't think it's, I mean, there's a reason why I, they yeah. put it at the bottom of the schedule. They don't support it, so that's why it never even got brought up in the Senate last session. Mm-hmm. Along with, of course, the horrible mismanagement of, of the Senate by the by the libertarian uh, majority back then, mm-hmm. um, right. which was, I mean, I think. A lot of us, I think I've tweeted it before, that, that picture of the Senate schedule at, at the end of session yeah. with a lot of bills dying yeah. Yeah. Um, was quite unfortunate. But um, regardless, um, yeah, I mean, so you, you mentioned he- mental health care, for example. That's another issue that really probably should be brought up more often because I think there's still kind of this divider between how we see traditional healthcare and, and mental healthcare when really I think they should be integrated. They're, they're, they're it's all, you know, mental healthcare is healthcare. So um, I think my first question for you then on, on that topic then is, um, you know, uh, how can we reduce stigma around mental healthcare? And more, more importantly, I guess, then how can we make sure that's, that it's integrated into a comprehensive and holistic healthcare system that, that really the, the people we all serve deserve for example um well i think yeah oh, oh. Go, absolutely no please go ahead all right uh yeah i think mental health care is very important i think that's why i was um glad to support um bpt deb's 
bill on on mental health care i think that mm. uh to reduce stigma on something regarding mental health it's not something that is something we can do overnight but i think that as leaders within society as people who have some level of influence within the public sphere we can do what we can to create awareness regarding mental health and and why it is important why it is a part of healthcare and why it should be considered um and i think that when it comes to making policy we have to recognize that policy has to often be expansive to various needs uh and various issues and um i think also discussing with those communities that are impacted by our policies um specifically related related to mental health will help us learn more about how we make those policies more effective and i think that that is a good step forward and i think as we continue to to push forward the idea that mental health care is an important part of healthcare um we can move the goal post a little bit further um to ensure that it becomes a top priority uh within our agendas absolutely um i would say specifically to reduce stigma the fastest way is always going to be at least in my opinion is always going to be to reduce or or to uh, i guess reinvigorate the cultural um framework around it Ch- trying to reimagine the way that we actually experience and, and interact with mental illness because um we're seeing now more people are coming out to discuss mental illness but it still seems like it's something we should be seeking to cure rather than it being something that is a part of the human experience i guess to be a little wax philosophical about it um but we we do have um demonstrable evidence that that um chemical imbalances within uh, our brain lead to if they are left untreated they can lead to job loss joblessness homelessness it leads to consistent mm-hmm. poverty it, you know lower job opportunities it just uh, mental illness in and of itself uh is a sing it's a single policy point but it interacts with so much of our world and if we're not taking care of um the discussion around it first and shifting the discussion away from you have a mental illness therefore you are sick uh, or uncurable or untouchable or any of these things um you you shift the conversation to struggles and the way that we can open compassion towards that uh individual or the 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 way that we might help them to interact with the world in a different way or the world interact with them in a different way especially for things like um uh neurodivergence uh, uh mm-hmm. intellectual uh neurodivergence we we have sent there they have sensory issues and we have to learn to interact with them just as much as they have to force to interact with us if i don't i'm just saying that mental health care specifically inter- it has ripple effects most people don't mm-hmm. expect which is why absolutely it, uh we do need to reduce the stigma cuz everyone's yep. everyone is affected by mental health care and mental health yeah. wellness absolutely and then i think um on, on another topic then um kind of related with it being related to multiple different topics um i think uh house majority leader uh darius you mentioned about reaching out to 
um, certain communities. I think something we definitely all need to be aware of, of course, is that at the end of the day, the failures of our of our healthcare system falls most heavily on on certain groups, and those groups tend to be um, communities of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the you know, as as we probably all know, um, they're massive. Um, racial disparities in healthcare and healthcare outcomes. Um, you know, the pandemic fell most heavily on, uh, specifically, to my understanding, um, uh, people from tribal nations, but but also um, uh, African Americans in, in the Black community. Um, you know, we we have to make sure that you know, at the end of the day, our healthcare system is is only as strong as uh, the weakest point in it. And right now, it's just not doing. <sighs> It's just not doing its job when it comes to communities of color. Um, they, you know, we have to make sure. You know, there's a whole host of issues where, um, for example, communities of color will have higher uh, rates of certain underlying conditions that make them more vulnerable to, for example, pandemics like we just had. Um, what do you guys think about that? What, what can we do really to reduce these um, racial disparities, including, for example, in, in, in mental in mental health care, because I think that mental health care in communities of color really is something that's been ignored a lot, because it's kind of seen as like a, I, I almost say, like to put it bluntly, it's almost seen as like a white person problem, to be honest. Um, and it really isn't, of course. Um, any, anyone can suffer mental health care problems. Um, right. so, so what do you guys think about that? Um, specifically how to address it. I think that is, like with all of the uh, different sectors of our, our lives that are interconnected to the systemic racism uh, in America, we we have to first uh, start at the root um, and where the prejudice begins, and and in at least in regards to healthcare, you know this is probably. Uh, long-standing stigma or uh, long-standing prejudice that has now even been intertwined into health book uh, uh, medical textbooks like healthcare textbooks um, we see some language that it, the framework for it is is flawed and uh, it's not scientifically mm-hmm. accurate so um, and that does increase prejudice over time especially when it, that information is regarding specific uh, ethnic groups and, and racial groups it's there's a lot of foundational issues on how it is already um, prejudiced or, or racially divided. Um, I think the best way to address that is open again, just opening up the conversation. We can't really know all of these instances, but protecting those um, you know tort reforms that would allow for personal injury to um, and, and medical malpractice to come into play a little bit more often. I think that could be one specific policy point we could address. However, those would mm-hmm. need, would need to be high, highly focused in uh, because you don't want to provide for uh, healthcare workers to be at risk of, of frivolous lawsuits. But that's, that's mm-hmm. just one idea. Absolutely. And I do think it is, again, a, a root cause, causal issue and would take a very long time to get actually some real progress made without addressing all of the roots mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's a very good point yeah I, I agree i think you know the issue of racial disparities i think is a multi-faceted problem it, it, it can it's related to healthcare. it's related to economics it's related to environmental justice as well i think uh 
in dealing with racial disparities, the policies that we can try and push for, um, in my view, relates mostly to invest specifically in communities that have struggled to have access to healthcare. And I think the this is also this also highlights why it's difficult for us to have a healthcare system that is defined by wealth. Because if we define it by wealth, we already have income disparities and we also have racial disparities, making it harder for um for example African Americans to have access to healthcare and that kind of a system. Um, so what we need to do is look at what is the cause for many of the economic disparities we see between African Americans and white Americans um, and Asian Americans. Why do we see disparities in that level? And I think it goes back not only uh, to the housing uh, discrimination that we saw previously, it also goes to discrimination we see at the healthcare level. Even when it comes to stuff like data collection, we see histories of, of black Americans being used more often for um, testing regarding um, healthcare experiments, um, putting them at yeah, more that's risk. True. Yeah, so so even there we see discrimination in healthcare. So what we need to do is do more research on those points of information and find ways to incur- to make research more equitable, but also to ensure that uh, those communities that don't have access to the necessary resources and economic activity that we provide for them in various forms. Mm-hmm. And that relates to housing policy. It also relates to any policy uh, that is connected with uh, economics in general. Um, um, and, and I think, you know, those issues are interconnected and, and therefore um, we should actually solve them together at the same time to ensure better healthcare outcomes, better educational outcomes, better housing outcomes, um, and better well-being for every American. Um, um, and yeah, I think that's a better way to deal with it. And I think it's it's going to be a long-term uh, haul. It also means if we change the way in which we think about politics, um, we have to be willing to break norms about uh, how much we're willing to spend to provide to the American people. How are we? How much are we willing to prioritize in order to give aid to those who need it? And how are we going to push for those policies, even if we have to fight for them quite hard in the long term? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you, you made a great point of really emphasizing how complex this issue is, because it is a multidimensional issue where you can't really, you know, there, there are a lot of healthcare issues that really we can't solve directly through healthcare system you know like for example talking about environmental racism you know if you're you know near major if your your home is near a major highway and you're, you're getting a lot of uh, air pollution for example um you know or or sound pollution you know and that's that's affecting your your health well at the end of the day the the community clinic down the street can help treat that but it, it can't solve that problem you know at the, there's only so much the people within the, the healthcare sector can do so it, it's it's a multi-dimensional issue where we have to take care of a lot of complex problems that has affected society for a long time um i definitely think you know directly we can be investing in these communities making sure we at least have you know the resources to treat um the issues in these communities that that oftentimes are, are 
typically have more of those underlying healthcare conditions and and really just making sure that um like at the end of the day as i said before it helps it really helps everybody to make sure that you know um our society is healthy because at the end of the day um it only takes one uh individual to start a pandemic um right. so we have to make sure that everybody is covered to, to make sure that um make sure that that anybody um that anybody's safe um but but at the same time also we we have to reward success because there are some some uh there are some strategies now strategies and in, in, in um policies now that that can be done to reduce healthcare disparities right now there can it involves reaching out to members of, of community of color making sure that that they know of the healthcare um benefits uh, or um uh access um that's available to them um reaching out to make sure that they come uh to, to appointments um you know, making an effort, you know, whereas previously, you know, oftentimes people of color have been ignored in the healthcare system or their pain has been, um, has been, uh, overlooked, you know, it, to make sure that they're really treated as a human being, that they, that they matter. And that makes a massive difference. And so I would say rewarding, you know, community clinics, hospitals, and, and other healthcare providers, um, that, that, make efforts to implement those policies and that actually so success in in in, right. in healthcare outcomes and in in reaching out to uh people of color um making sure that their patients regardless of their skin color um are are, are well taken care of like we should reward that and so i i would definitely say um if i were fortunate enough to 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 win this upcoming election um rose and i um, would definitely be looking at establishing grants to encourage uh, the implementation of those policies, as well as, of course, their successful imp implementation. We don't we don't just want yeah. these policies implemented to say, "Oh, look, we're doing something." No, we want to actually have meaningful, um, substantive change to to the people on the ground. Um, and so that's something that that I think um, we will definitely be looking at closely and working with Congress uh, on. Um, but I definitely think we've covered a lot of ground. I think we went over time, <laughs> but that's, no, that's, no, that's common fine. for us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, any other issues we wanted to bring up or. I, I think that, um, basically, I guess the message I was stumbling to get across tonight was, um, it, healthcare is so personal and it is such a hard hard topic to discuss at least in regards to you know the economic implications or the impacts from um what healthcare you know, what healthcare systems might change within the states and how privatized healthcare might change those systems. Mm -hmm. all, all these different things they're all hypotheticals currently and we can only look to see how other systems have been implemented and we do see functional medical systems uh that work in a in a what we would consider socialized medicine function um and they do not put their you know citizens at risk of of death or or, or at least at a higher rate than we put ours and then 
basically just let's, mm-hmm. let's look to how the other systems have been implemented. Let's try something similar. Let's stop the the small miniature adjustments to the status quo because it's clearly not changing the way that we think it will. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I also think, um, regardless of the healthcare system you support, I think we can all agree that there just hasn't been enough of an understanding of how our healthcare system has worked, especially over the last few years with the reforms. There just hasn't been enough scrutiny regarding the systems that we use and information in general in terms of how the healthcare system has stacked up in response to the pandemic um, and how we can learn from that to make a better system. I support a system that provides for everyone. And I think that we should have the government provide at least a public option uh, so that it is a universal commodity for everyone to have access to. But it's the issue here is also that even within the system we have today, like with Lauder Care or with any of the state programs, we don't have a lot of evidence to suggest that these programs are effective, that they are funded effectively, um, and that and we don't even understand how these mechanisms mechanisms work within the current structures or the old structures that existed uh, previously. Um, and, and I think that itself creates a lot of detrimental issues, especially when it came to dealing with the pandemic. Um, and when it comes to future issues regarding healthcare in general. Um, so my goal, at least as a member of Congress, regardless of what happens at the presidential level, is to continue to conduct um, oversight on that level uh, to help us learn more about our current healthcare system and to ensure that we have more guidance uh, to make better policy and uh, make better policy goals for the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, thank you uh, for joining us today, um, House Majority Leader Darius. It, yeah. it was a pleasure talking to you as always. Um, I think we definitely, uh, as I said before, covered some good ground and really got to kind of the root of a lot of these policy issues and impossible solutions to um, the issues that we face today. So thank yeah. you for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you uh, again for listening, and uh, we hope you have a great day.